Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Amen. Amen. How many of you believe the anchor holds this morning, this afternoon? In spite of the storm, the anchor still holds. How many of you believe that this afternoon? Praise God. It is indeed a pleasure to be here with you this afternoon to preach to you the unadulterated word of the living God. I just want to give God thanks for guiding me here safely. And I also want to thank Sister Carmen and Brother Knight for making this happen. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I also want to thank your pastor, Pastor Leo Dean, Leo Dean, for allowing me. I hope I didn't mess your name up. Allowing me one more time to take hold of your pulpit. Amen. Amen. And I want to thank all your beautiful saints of Christ for being in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Stand with me, please, as we get ready to pray. Heavenly Father, I am but clay. Now, dear God, I just place my life into your hands. And I ask you now, God, that you'll help me to decrease so that you will increase. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. Today is our Father's Day Sabbath, and I just want to extend a Father's Day greeting to all the fathers that are in the house today. Amen? Amen. Can the ladies give the fathers a hand today? And all the mothers who are fathers. Amen? Happy Father's Day. And all those of you who have lost your father, maybe at a young age or, you know, even now, want to wish you Happy Father's Day as well. Today, I come to you from the word in the book of Ezekiel chapter 22, which was so ably read by, is it Sister Parchment? Amen. I'm trying to get the names together. Verses 23 through 31 that she so ably read. And my sermon topic to you today is men standing in the gap. Men standing in the gap. Praise God. I want you to preach with me today, okay? Want to hear some hallelujahs and praise the Lord, amen? And if it doesn't sound good to you, say ouch, amen? Mercy. From relationships, education, to mental instability, to crime, one factor looms as the most significant factor and that is a home without a dad. Now, how did Father's Day come about? The idea for creating a day for children to honor their fathers began in a place called Spokane, Washington. A woman by the name of Sonora Smart Dodd thought of the idea for Father's Day while listening to a Mother's Day sermon in 1909. Having been raised by her father after her mother died, Sonora wanted her father to know how special he was to her. Amen? It was her father that made all the parental sacrifices and was, in the eyes of his daughter, a courageous, selfless, and loving man. Her father was born in June, so she chose to hold the first Father's Day celebration in Spokane, Washington on the 19th of June, 1910. In 1924, President Calvin Coolidge proclaimed the third Sunday in June as Father's Day. Roses are the Father's Day flowers. Did you know that? Red to be worn for a living father, and white if the father has died. 
I strongly believe today that if our families are going to survive in the 21st century, they will need strong male leadership to do so. If our families are going to survive in the 21st century, they will have to be led by godly husbands and fathers. Do you believe that? If our families are going to survive the 21st century, men will have to stop behaving badly and start behaving godly. Statistics states that every day, 299,000 men become a first-time father. That's a lot of men. Fathers without any instructions on how to be a father. Statistics also show that fatherless children contributes to major upheavals in today's society. Fatherless daughters are 53% more likely to marry as teenagers. Fatherless daughters are 111% more likely to have children as teenagers. Fatherless daughters are 164% more likely to have an out-of-wedlock birth. Fatherless daughters have a 92% higher divorce rate than girls raised with dads in the home. Fatherless sons are 35% more likely to experience marital failure. Fatherless sons are 300% more likely to become incarcerated in state juvenile institutions. Fatherless sons make up 70% of all the juveniles in state institution. Fatherless children are twice as likely to drop out of high school. Fatherless children have only the ch half the chance of being high achievers. Isn't that sad? 33% of children from two-parent families become high achievers, while only 17% of children from single-parent homes becomes high achievers. I don't know if you watched the news a few Last week, two weeks ago, I think it was, there was a shootout in Lauder Hill between the cops and a young man. I don't know if anybody saw that on the news. And the young man finally died when he reached the hospital. Apparently, he had robbed two ladies of their purses at a restaurant. Anybody heard about it? And they trailed him to this apartment complex where there was a shootout and he lost his life. That young man was someone who grew up in my hand. I used to be a Sunday worshiper before I became an Adventist, and I used to be a youth minister. And when I saw his face on the television screen, it was overwhelming for me to see that this is somebody I knew, somebody who I helped nurture, who, because of not having a father, who, because of being under peer pressure, ended up in this situation, and now he's not here anymore. And so because of that, we see that there's really a need for godly fathers in the church today. Fatherless children are 50% more likely to have learning disabilities. According to the National Center for Health Statistics, fatherless children are anywhere from 100 to 200% more likely to have emotional and behavioral problems. Fathers, do you recognize the job that you have that God has entitled you with? Fatherless young adults are twice as likely to need and receive psychological help. According to our nation's hospital, 80% of adolescents admitted for psychiatric reasons 
come from fatherless families. Brethren, as the statistics reveal, this is nothing but bad news. And as we read our text earlier on, we recognize that Jerusalem's condition was nothing but bad news. God's view of Jerusalem in verse 18 of the same chapter is that they were impure, unclean, fake, counterfeit, waste, scum, and as a result of their sinfulness, God's wrath was poured out upon them. Today, God's remnant church faces the same crisis. And the church's condition is an overall reflection of the condition of man. The Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 to 5. Let us turn our Bibles there. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 to 5. It says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Yeah. Romans 3 verse 23 says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But today, saving grace, I want to let you know that in spite of the condition of our churches, God has an alternate solution for homes robbed by the presence of a father. God has an alternate solution for fathers who flinch in the face of adversity and meander at the pool of mediocrity. Saving grace today, I come to you with a word from the living word. I have come today with a burden for the men in Zion. I have come today with a challenge and a solemn charge from the portals of glory to the men who have been called to the family of God. This challenge is encapsulated in the theme for today, a father's love. And the challenge for men today under the hearing of my voice is to stand in the gap. Won't you turn to your neighbor and say, stand in the gap. Turn to the other neighbor and say, stand in the gap. I submit to you today that it is dark in our world. It is so dark in the moral order until we are devoid of the lines between right and wrong. Men are establishing their own righteousness. Men are desecrating the bed of matrimony. Men are lying with men. Just a few months ago, our President Barack Obama was one such man whose views on homosexuality significantly impacted a divided nation. Do you remember that? Politicians, pundits, preachers, and professors tarried long at the table of discussion to dissect just what he meant by the words he expressed. His words have carried so much weight that individuals' minds have changed in their views towards him. Have your mind changed? He is now held on a high pedestal for some people, while for others, his name has been dragged in the dust of discontent. We live in an age when most men no longer value themselves and are selling themselves to the voice of the enemy. We live in an age when it is normal for men to marry men. 
an age when most men have no time for Christ. And the studying of the word becomes a byword. Even in the church of God, even in Zion, it seems as if the sons and fathers of Zion have missed their high and holy calling. Instead of speaking righteousness, instead of being the priests of their homes and training their children in the fear of the Lord, they are telling stories of basketball, baseball, and football experiences. We need some men. We need some good men. We need some men of faith in these challenging times. We need some more Abrahams in the house of God who are not afraid to say, Lord, I will leave my home and my family and go to that land that you will show me. Today, God is calling for men, men who will stand in the gap, men who will make a difference, men who will tell our boys to pull up their pants. Are you hearing me? Men who will pray and fast for the plight of the world. Men who will sound the alarm in Zion. Men who will stay on the walls of Zion and cry out before God. Men who will fight the Goliaths. Men who will stand up for the cause of Christ. Are you hearing me? Men who will march the streets of our communities. Men who will mentor our young sons. Men who will visit our boys in prison. Men who will speak against black on black violence. Are you hearing me? Men who will drive the gates of hell from our neighborhoods. Men who will take care of their children. Men who will tell boys to stop degrading our sisters in the church. Men who will be the priests of their homes and lead their family to worship. Men who will teach their boys how to read and write. Men who will teach young men how to keep a job. Men who will teach boys how to be respectful to their elders. Is there one such man in the church today? Now let us go to our text today in Ezekiel chapter 33. Ezekiel chapter 22, sorry, verses 23 to 31. As we read in our text today, the Bible declares that Israel's leaders had sinned. They had plot conspiracies just as lions stalk their prey, devouring innocent people, seizing treasures and extorting wealth. The priests had violated God's laws and they had defiled the holy things of God. They had disregarded the Sabbath. They destroyed the lives of innocent individuals for profit. They declared false visions to the people and false messages and repaired cracked walls, the Bible says, with whitewash. But I want to say to you today, saving grace, that I just want to thank God for Jesus. Do you thank God for Jesus today? Thank God today for the judge of all judges. Thank God today for the chief of all chiefs. Thank God today for the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. God says that there is an answer to this problem and it is entitled men stand in the gap. Men stand in the gap. All God needs is one man. One man that is willing to stand in the gap. Not two. Not three. Not ten. Not a hundred. But one man that will stand in the gap. 
today God is calling for one man that is sought by God. This man may not have the wealth of Bill Gates, but he is the one that God wants. Are you hearing me? This man may not have the genius of Einstein, but this man is the one God desires. This man may not have the educational achievement that the world highly esteems, but this man is the one in whom God finds favor. This man may not have the speaking ability of the world's greatest orators, but this man is the one that God has chosen. God wants one man, one man who is the priest of the home, one who acknowledges his responsibility for the spiritual life of his family, one man who speaks for his family and declares their intent. From studying, I recognize that a priest cannot function unless he is in close contact with God. According to the Bible, the family was designed to be the basic educational unit. And when we look at the book of Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9, 11, verses 18, and Ephesians 6, verse 4, the Bible declares that fact. It is the father's duty then to make sure his children know how to be saved and how to walk in the ways of the Lord. Amen. The greatest thing a father can pass on to his children is the love of God. Amen. We all know that love begets love. Joshua chapter 3, verses 11, urges Israel to make the love of God their special aim. I want to share with you the story of a little fellow who was frightened by lightning and thunder. One night, it was raining real hard, and lightning and thunder started. Immediately, this young man called out to his father, and he says, Daddy, please come. I am scared. Son, the father said, God loves you, and he will take care of you. The son replied to his dad, I know that God loves me. But right now, I want somebody who has skin on. If I were starting my family again, that is what I would want to be above all else. God's love with skin on. Do we have any men in the house who wants to declare today that they want to demonstrate God's love with skin on? Praise God. God is also looking for one man, a man of prayer, a man who goes to God often on behalf of his family, asking for wisdom and courage for himself, asking for protection for his wife and children. We have an example in the Bible of Job. Job was one such man. The Bible says early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of his children, thinking that perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And this was his regular custom. God is looking for one man a man with a plan for the family. Being priest of the family is not enough. The godly father must also have a plan for the spiritual life of his loved ones. Joshua said that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will honor his Sabbaths and keep them sacred. We will reverence his sanctuary. We will teach those that need to be taught. God is looking for one man 
one man who will build the walls. In Bible days, walls were very important. Walls offered protection. Walls offered security, covering to keep things from view. Today, God is looking for one man to build up the walls of the church. The Bible says in Ezekiel that the church was in disrepair. The people were in a state of danger. They had no protection. The enemy darts were able to penetrate easily. And so God needed one man. He needed one man who would protect the walls. God needed one man to rebuild the walls and repair the waste places. One man who was convicted enough to take on the challenge. One man who was compassionate enough to make the ultimate sacrifice. One man who was courageous enough to face the fiery darts of the devil. One man who had the spinal tenacity and the intestinal fortitude. One man who had the backbone to go against the flow of the crowd. God needed one man who was consecrated enough to surrender everything recognizing that God is in control. God needed one man that would make the crooked paths straight, the raging storms to calm, and the fiery furnace to cool. And the Bible says in verse 30 that not one man could be found. How sad that is for us today, church. Isn't it sad that God is seeking for a man? God is seeking for a man that will hold up the walls of the church and he could not find one man to stand in the gap. But you know what I love? I love my Savior. I love my Heavenly Father. Because when we back down, he comes forth. I just want to thank God for Jesus today. Don't you want to give him thanks today? When we back down, I want to let you know that Jesus stands up. When we fail to obey God's voice, Jesus steps in. And he steps in and takes over. And he becomes our ultimate mediator between God and man. He takes our bullets and suffers our loss so we can make it into the kingdom. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. I want to tell you that God's got a man today and his name is Jesus. He stands in the gap for us in spite of our moral bankruptcy. God still keeps doing business with us. God's got a man today. Aren't you happy for that? Are you happy that Jesus went to the cross for my sins and your sins? Aren't you happy that he paid that ultimate sacrifice so that you and I could gain eternal life? The story is told of a young employee who secretly misappropriated several hundred dollars of his business firm's money. When this action was discovered, the young man was told to report to the office of the senior partner of the firm. As he walked up the stairs forward to the administrative office, the young employee was heavy hearted. He knew without a doubt that he would lose his position with the firm. He also feared the possibility of legal action that might be taken against him. Has anybody ever been in a situation like that? Seemingly, his whole world had collapsed. Upon his arrival in the office of the senior executive, the young man was questioned about the whole affair. He was asked if the allegations were true, and he answered in the affirmative. Then the executive surprisingly asked this question. If I keep you in your present capacity, can I trust you in the future? The young worker brightened up and said, yes, sir, you surely can. The executive responded, I am not going to press any charges and you can continue in your present responsibility. 
The employer concluded the conversation with his younger employee by saying, I think you ought to know, however, that you are the second man in this firm who succumbed to temptation and was shown leniency. The employee stood there shocked. He thought that he was the only one. But then the executive looked him straight in the eye and he says, I was the first. What you have done, I did. The mercy you are receiving, I receive. It is only the grace of God that can keep us both. Today, saving grace, God is looking for a few good men. Men that are full of conviction, according to Galatians 1 verse 8. Men that are full of compassion, according to 1 John 3 verse 17 and Psalm 126 verse 6. A man that is full of courage, according to Psalm 27 verse 14 and 2 Timothy 4 verse 7. Men that are consecrated, 2 Timothy 2, 20 to 22. Today, God is looking for a man who exemplifies the Father's love Amen. for God, for my Heavenly Father, for my Elohim, for my El Shabbai, for my Alpha and Omega, for my Jehovah God, so loved the world that he gave us his love child. Aren't you happy that God has given us his love child today? Who is this love child, you may be asking. The Bible says that this love child, he is the king of the Jews. This love child, he is the king of Israel. He is the king of righteousness. This love child is the king of the ages. He is the king of heaven. This love child, he is the king of glory. This love child, my brothers and sisters, he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of Lord. Now that's my king. Now David declares that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show it his handiwork. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seen telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. No barriers can hinder this love child from pouring out his love upon us. No thing can stop and hinder his blessings from being transformed to us. He's enduringly strong, this love child. He is eternally sincere. He is eternally steadfast. He is immortally grateful. He is imperially powerful. He is impartially merciful. That is my king. He is God's son. He is the sinner's savior. He is the centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He is august and he is unique. He is unparalleled. He is unprecedented. He is supreme. He is preeminent. He is the loftiest idea in literature. Are you hearing me? He is the highest personality in philosophy. He is the supreme problem in higher criticism. That's my king. He is the fundamental doctrine in true theology. He is the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. That is my king. He is the miracle of the age. He is the superlative of everything good and that you choose to call him. He is the only one, I'm telling you, that is able to supply all of our needs according 
to his riches in glory. He supplies strength for the weak. He is available for the tempted and tried. He sympathizes and he saves. Do you believe in that king today? He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. That's my love child. He raises the dead. He cleanses the lepers and he forgives sinners. He discharges the debtors. He delivers the captive and he defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligence. And he beautifies the meek with salvation. Do you know him today? Do you know my king today? My king is the key of knowledge. He is the wellspring of wisdom. Do you know him today? He is the doorway of deliverance. He is the pathway of peace. He is the roadway of righteousness. I am not hearing you today. Do you know my king? He is the highway to holiness. He is the gateway to glory. Hallelujah. He is the master of the mighty. Hallelujah. He is the captain of the conquerors. Praise God. He is the head of the heroes. He is the leader of the legislators. He is the overseer of the overcomers. He is the governor of all governors. He is the prince of all princes. Do you know him today, church? He is the king of all kings and he is the Lord of all lords. That is my king. That is your king. That is our king. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy. And the word says that his burden is light. I wish I could describe him more clearly to you today, church. But I want to let you know that my king is indescribable. My king is incomprehensible. He is invincible and he is irresistible. Do you know him today? I am trying to tell you that the heaven of heavens cannot contain him. Let alone man explain him. You can't get him out of your mind and you can't get him off of your hands. You can't live without him and you cannot outlive him. The Pharisees, they could not stand my king, but they found out that they could not stop him. Pilate could not find any fault in him. The witnesses could not get their testimonies to agree. And Herod could not kill him. Hallelujah. Death could not handle him. And the grave could not hold him. Hallelujah. That is my king. Hallelujah. He always has and he always has been and he always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor and he will have no successor. There was nobody before him. Are you hearing me? And there will be nobody after him. You cannot impeach him like they did one of our presidents. And he's not going to resign. That is my king. Is that your king today? Praise the Lord. That is my king. That is my king. Hallelujah. For thine is the kingdom. And the power and the glory. The glory is all his. Forever and ever. And ever. And ever. And ever. Endeavor, endeavor, and when you get through all the forever, then amen.
is there one in the house today? One man that will say, I will stand in the gap for my God. Is there one man under the hearing of my voice that will say, I will stand in the gap for my family? Is there one man that will say today that I will stand in the gap for my spouse? For the unsaved of this world, is there one man today that will stand in the gap for the church? God is counting on you today, men. He is calling you to higher heights and deeper depths. He's calling you to build up the family altar in your home. God is calling you men to bring unity in the church of God. God is calling you to protect the walls that have been laid waste. God is calling you today to exemplify a father's love. Is there one man today? Today, as I get ready to close, I want to share with you the story of Harry Chapin and his incredible song. You must have heard it by now, The Cats in the Cradle. Please listen to the words while I read. My child just arrived the other day. He came to the world in the unusual way. But there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. He was talking before I knew it. And as he grew, he'd say, you know I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you're coming home, dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together then, son. You know we'll have a good time then. My son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today. I've got a lot to do, he said, that's okay. And he walked away, but his smile never dimmed. He said, I am gonna be like you, you know. I'm gonna be just like him. He came from the college just the other day. So much like a man, I just had to say, son, I am proud of you. Can you sit for a while? He shook his head and he said with a smile, what I'd really like dad is to borrow the car keys. See you later. Can I have them please? I've long since retired and my sons moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, if I could find the time. You see, my new job's a hassle, and the kids have the flu. But it's been sure nice talking to you, Dad. It's been sure nice talking to you. And as I hung the phone up, it occurred to me, my boy was just like me. He'd grown up just like me. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you're coming home, dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together then, dad. You know we'll have a good time then. Not long after Harry Chapin's song hit the charts, he began to wonder why he was not paying attention to what he was singing about. And I pause here to ask the question, are we paying attention to what we're singing about? 
Do the songs in our lives reflect the will of God? Harry Chapin decided the following summer that he was going to make some changes. He was going to cancel some engagements and slow down. But that same summer, unfortunately, he was killed in an automobile accident. Fathers, dads, male figures, uncles, nephews, sons. If you are going to make changes, you better start today. Tomorrow may just be too late. Surrender your life to Jesus right now and allow him to make a difference in the way you demonstrate his love, not only to your friends, but also to your families and your brothers and sisters in the church and the society that you live in. Today, I'm calling for all men under the hearing of my voice to rededicate your life to God. If this is your desire, I ask you to come forth to the altar today. If you're a father, if this is your first time coming to the church, I invite you to come. If you're a male figure who is concerned about the young men in our churches today, I invite you to come. If you're an older man and you're impressed to teach the younger men in the way of the Lord, I invite you to come. If you're a married man and you're lacking in the role of being the priest in your home, I invite you to come. If you're a single man and you're seeking God's direction in your walk with him, I invite you to come. If you do not know Jesus as your personal savior and you're not a baptized member of God's remnant church, I invite you to come. I invite you to come and give your life afresh to God and watch him work in your life today. Let us pray. What a friend we have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Eternal God and our everlasting Father, Lord, one more time we bow before your throne. Father, we are nothing in your presence, but because of your grace and your mercy assisting us, O oh God, Lord, we are here one more time to cry out unto you. Father, we thank you for all that has been said and done today in this service. We thank you, Lord, for the men that have seen it fit in their lives and in their hearts to come and surrender their hearts to you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray now, God, as I intercede on their behalf, O oh Lord, that you'll remove everything that is unlike me so that my prayers will ascend upon to your throne as a sweet-smelling incense. Lord, I place the greatest father in this house before you, our pastor, Pastor Leordeen, as he leads these men into your knowledge. Oh God, I'm asking you that you'll cover him now under your precious blood, that you'll build a hedge around him, Lord, that you'll anoint him afresh from the crown of his head onto the sole of his feet. And as he speaks to these men and speak life and truth into them, that he will speak as an oracle of thine, declaring the works and, and the riches of your gospel. Amen. Lord, I present every man that is standing here today. I'm asking you, oh God, that you'll give them a new vision. Oh God, help them, Lord, to recognize where they have fallen, oh God. And help them, Lord, that they will come to know you afresh, whom to know is life eternal. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will cover them now under your blood. That you'll back back the forces of darkness. That you'll cripple and paralyze the plan of the adversary that would want to steal their 
joy that will want to steal their love for you, God. I pray that you'll overshadow them with your sweet Holy Spirit and that they will stand up as men, men that are full of compassion, men that are full of conviction, men that are full of courage, men that are anointed, men that are willing to work for you, Lord, men that will be the priests in their home, men that will stand up though the heavens fall, men that will stand up for the words of life and truth, men, oh God, that will make a difference in the lives of the church. I decree in the name of Jesus that you, oh God, will bless this man, Lord Jesus, that you will use them according to your riches in glory, Lord, that you will anoint them afresh, oh God, that you'll give them a new walk, oh Jesus, that you'll give them a new talk, oh God, that they will never be the same, that today will be the first day in the rest of their lives. Father, I pray for the women today who stand as support to them, the children, the boys, the girls that are behind them, Lord. I pray, oh God, that you'll bring about unity in this place, that they'll come together on one accord, working together as men and women, fulfilling the mission that you have given to us to go out into the highways and hedges and the byways and to bid others to come. Father, I pray for those men that are standing here today that don't know you, that don't know you as their personal savior that are not baptized lord into your remnant church i pray in the name of jesus that you will touch the heart of such a man that you'll soften that heart oh god that they will say i yield i yield i can't hold it any longer that they'll surrender their lives to you today and that they'll make this proclamation by water baptism soon lord we just decree and we believe and we declare that your will, your perfect will, will be done. And we give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. We magnify you and we praise you for what you're doing and for what you're about to do. And we just tell you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people say, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.